everyone. This is Blair Corning. I'm here with Streaming Water Podcast, and we're doing a uh, special edition of Streaming Water Podcast. As you know, one of our uh, co-sponsors is the Rocky Mountain Water Environment Association, and uh, this week is their annual conference, the Rocky Mountain Water Conference, held in Keystone, Colorado. So for uh, the next two or two or three days, I'll be interviewing folks at the Rocky Mountain Water Conference about the events there and uh, all the all the goings on at the conference. So uh, this episode should feature uh, short clips and interviews of members, presenters, uh, vendors, uh, whoever stumbles into the Rocky Mountain uh, or the uh, Streaming Water Podcast booth and wants to chat. So uh, away we go. Hi Blair, I'm Howard Carter. I'm with the Water Environment Federation and I'm a third year trustee and I'm here to represent the Federation at your conference. I came here on Saturday, very nice venue, one of the better venues I've been to, just to drive coming in. I've never been because I'm at sea level where I'm from in Maine and being up around 9,000 feet. That does have an effect on you. Yeah, the altitude got to you a little bit. Yeah, and I don't know how many glasses of water I've drank because you, you get no humidity up here. Where I'm used to being right on the coast. Yeah. So that's a big challenge, but the folks have been very nice. I've really enjoyed my time and look forward to the next few days. Cool. Well, thanks for being here. We appreciate that. We always appreciate uh, WEF dignitaries coming down. Hopefully, you're uh, you're taking it all in. And uh, what what's your favorite? I know the conference just started, but uh, how do you like it so far? How are you liking Keystone and the venue here? The venue's very nice. It, it took a little bit to get orientated because... At the hotel, they just opened up again, and there's new staff. I'm trying to find out, where's this room, or where's this? And, well, we really don't know what that answer is yet, but Lisa and I, my wife, we did a lot of exploring yesterday. We walked around. We got our bearings down. So, yeah, very nice, good food, great people. Yeah. That's for better spot. I, uh, I hear what you're saying about the room. I walked around my condo complex like two times because the room number is 26-something. <laughs> I thought it was on the second floor. I did two laps and then figured out it was on the first floor, but... It uh, took me a while, also. Yeah. Well, what do you? Uh, how many conferences do you go to as a as a WEF delegate? Well, it year? it depends. You know, there's uh, six trustees, and then we have five offices, so we try to split it up. And it depends on how many you have in academia. Right now, we have one that's a professor over at University of California, Irvine, so he can't travel a lot during the season. So this year, this year for conferences, I've been here, been to Utah and Montana for the big ones. All West Coast, yeah. not really West Coast, but out West compared to where I've been. So that's a lot of airplane jumps. Yeah. To get yeah. from Portland, Maine to, to here. But Denver was an easy flight, just Chicago down. But this has been the biggest one this year. Oh. Yeah. Has there been, uh, you come across any weird or wacky events that uh, stand out at any of them? Or? Uh, no, the, the biggest thing that stands out to me, especially in Utah or even in Montana, they were just flabbergasted by the amount of people that are moving in from California and oh. buying up all their properties. That was always a point of conversation yeah. with those folks. But I think we're all in it for the same reasons, you know, protect water quality, good drinking water, and, and, and life and safety type things. Yeah. And, and everybody in the water industry is really, I think, pretty excited for what they do. Yeah. They make a difference every day. So. Yeah. Speaking of uh, making a difference every day, what is what is your day job look like? What are your duties at? Okay, so I'm a utility director in Maine. Um, we're a 4.2 MGD facility, and we certainly have our challenges in Maine right now. My biggest challenge is sea level rise. I have a facility that's going underwater doing the 
going to the rising tide. Wow. So we put out a bond last November for a $50 million bond to do a $54 million upgrade. But with supply chain issues and all the other type of things, just getting through 30% engineering design, we're already into value engineering because the costs are creeping up so fast. Yeah. And once you have a bond, you can only you can only borrow that so much. Because our communities also want to build a new middle school, and that's another $50, $60 million bond. So there's competing interests. Yeah. We had a big challenge going out to the different parades, different events in the city, just to educate people about water quality or what it really means. So that really drove home to me the meaning of communication. Now also in Maine, we have an issue with the forever chemicals, PFAS mm-hmm. and PFOA. Maine is the hotbed for that as far as the biosolids. Oh. Right, so the legislator went and passed regulations that we can no longer land apply or compost or biosolids. They have to go to a landfill. But that in itself has its own issues because the landfill space is going to run out in, in three to five years. Yeah. And not only that, when you bring in biosolids, you need a bulking agent, whether it's municipal solid waste or other type of things, and there just wasn't enough. So if you had a big facility you wanted to go on a Saturday, they just never prepared to do yeah. it. So you get those type of issues. And it's hard to stop that one because of human health, you know. No politicians go go against, well, we don't care about PFAS. Yeah. So that's been our toughest one, but that's starting to spread across the country. Yeah, we're and dealing you, with You will see it out here sooner than later. So. Yeah, I think we use Maine as our example. When yeah. I think of it is we don't want to we don't want to go the direction of Maine, but yeah. it's right. also interesting to hear that uh, sea level rise because I you hear about things like that, mm-hmm. but I yeah. rarely talk to anyone that's actually experiencing it. Yeah, if you if you want to go on our city website, you'll see some pictures and do that. And we have different videos on workforce development type of things that we have. But yeah, when I sat in that facility 30 years ago, we might back up, because we, we're not pumping in or we're pumping out. We may back up on a king tide. That's very rare. Now we're backing up 30, 40 times a year. Wow. You know, just surcharging tanks. But if you have a big storm event, it can get so much that you have more water coming in that that effluent's allowing to go out because of the, cause of the tide change. Yeah. We could overflow our tanks. Yeah. So we've had a few issues with that, and the EPA's very aware of that. Yeah. We've been able to leverage that towards some SRF principal forgiveness, a CDS grant. So. Good, good. But, well, let me ask you this. You've been in the business a while, it sounds like, and mm-hmm. you've uh, probably seen uh, you know, many facilities and many operations. What's the biggest change or, or some of the big changes you've seen over your 30 years in the, in the business? Well, I think it's become the Internet of Things, you know. You know, back in, say, the early 90s or 80s, People thought as a sewer worker or someone out there raking the bar rack type thing, uh, shoveling biosolids. Well, most of that stuff's all engineered out now. Your operator today is certainly a lot different than the operator then. Now they have to be able to work on PLCs, communicate that type of thing, rebuild the pumps. And it's my facility, my facility is fairly small, so you've got to be able to multitask on a lot of these things. And almost all of my kids. Well, all my staff now, almost all of them have at least a college degree. Not some of them even get master's degrees yeah. just for the way the way the field's going. And then, you know, now I need communication people. I need people that I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're experiencing that where I work too. The whole, the whole out of sight, out of mind thing doesn't work anymore. No, You're no, asking those for are, fifty million and eighty million. You know, yeah. you got to educate people on why well, you need that. Well, yes, those days are gone. And not only that, we have to learn to collaborate better with other organizations. We can't 
just communicate internally. We got to start communicating externally. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for your time today. I look forward to seeing you around at the conference, and hopefully, you'll get a. Usually they, they have a toilet bowl team with the uh, no, red yeah, So hopefully you'll be on that and uh, hopefully you enjoy the conference and your time in Keystone. Well, I appreciate it, Blair. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. Thank to you, Howard. Yep. All right, welcome. I am here on the Streaming Water Podcast from the conference, Rocky Mountain Water Conference, with Gabe Dorn from Denver Film Company and Elizabeth DeWard uh, of South Platte Renew. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having us. You bet. Can you uh, tell us what you're up to? What are you up to, Elizabeth? What are you guys? I've seen you out there with a camera. What's going on? Yeah, so we are at the Rocky Mountain Water Conference filming a video for RMWEA. Um, I'm part of the communications committee, and we're trying to drive uh, more video content for the organization. And uh, this video specifically is to drive attendees um, and to drive the mission of RMWEA. So we're interviewing some folks, attending, and just getting um, the highlights of what you what are the must-see activities um, and, and sessions to attend at the conference and what keeps them coming back year after year. Nice. All right. What's your role, Gabe? What, uh, what part do you play in this video? I, I, th- I see your instrumental in it. <laughs> <laughs> I just try to make everybody look and sound good. That's, that's right. my role. But I'm with Denver Film Company and uh, became passionate about the water and wastewater industry. About 13 years ago, I started working with uh, Water Environment Federation and WEFTEC and uh, have been working with them ever since and then got to meet uh, I got got to meet the folks at RMWEA and uh, and start making some videos with them and the the people in the water industry are just so inspiring to me because they're really frontline environmentalists so it's you know I consider this a very much a passion project okay. for me to be a part of and it's just wonderful to meet all the different people and all the different types of skill sets that it takes to pull off this uh, thing that we de- you know essentially kind of take for granted on both water and wastewater sides of things. We turn on the faucet and it's good to go. We flush the toilet and it's good. To- it just leaves. You yeah. Know? yeah. So uh, you know, and I guess that makes sense that society, when everything's working perfectly, you know, should take it for granted in a way when we're, when everybody's doing their job. But it's really neat to get to see behind the scenes, and that's one of my favorite things about being in the film industry is that I get to learn so much about this world that I would, you know, and kind of get access to people and instrumental um, things, you know, in this world that I would never normally have access to. So it's a very inspiring conference to be at, to film. Uh, I had a wonderful uh, keynote speaker and it's just neat to see all the awards that were given out. So it's it's been wonderful so far. Yeah. How what did uh, what did the keynote speaker did she uh, did you take any what did you take away from that what uh, message uh, did you take away from that anything in particular? You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Let's <laughs> All right. Uh, I, the, I found the keynote speaker incredibly inspiring. I mean, she's the the 16-year-old student who has already accomplished so much, um, and she really drove home the point of um, innovation. And I think that's one thing that our industry is really striving for as a whole, um, both wastewater and water. You know, it's an ever-evolving field. So I think that we can take her message of innovation and design thinking back home with us to our organization 
organization and really apply that. Um, so I think that just keeping innovation at front of mind um, is really key for us as a whole, as an industry to succeed in the future. Yeah. Yeah, she uh, she almost makes you feel inferior. All the stuff she's <laughs> I'm like, I'm 50, I haven't done that. So. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I was not doing that at 16, so yeah. it was really inspiring. We all peak at different times. <laughs> I'm still waiting, I'm still yeah. waiting. <laughs> yeah, right after the right after she spoke, you know, I said, uh, I think it was to you, I said, yeah. Man, she's solving the world's problems. I can't even solve my problems. Exactly. exactly. They seem insurmountable. <laughs> but one takeaway I got from her, well, I guess two. There was two. You know, one was really reaching out to the youth. Um, I mean, with her being a youth, you know, in, in a lot of ways, just with her age, um, it was it was really cool and inspiring to see that within this, you know, uh, I've filmed this industry long enough to kind of know what we need to move forward yeah mm -hmm. and i think she spoke a lot of truth to that and then as she was speaking too about innovation um like she said something because she's an inventor so i thought it was kind of interesting for her to say like none of my inventions are really like that original she's like i you know i took a bunch of things that already existed and then maybe combined them in a new unique way yeah, yeah i'm yeah. paraphrasing but um as a creative I found that very inspiring, um, you know, because I'm always trying to creatively problem solve throughout the day or creatively come up with a new concept or, you know, a new way to tell a story or to get people to connect. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you feel like you're stealing people's ideas or stealing concepts, but like even as an inventor, you, you're sort of stealing concepts. Everything that she said, everything that we have today, you know, or everything that is going to be new was built on the shoulders of what came before. And I think that really speaks across industry, yeah. into my industry, the film industry as well. Yeah, yeah we do this training at work, and uh, they say the case method, which yeah. is for copy and steal everything. So it's that <laughs> mindset of I'm not copying, I'm building, I'm taking it, I'm building on it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's how, that's how things get done. Well, are you uh, doing more? I know you're doing interviews with uh, conference participants. Are you filming any events, or is there uh, anything you're going to film that you think will, is going to be good on, on video? Yeah, so we'll be here filming all day the first day of the conference. Um, so we'll hit some technical sessions this afternoon. Uh, we're going to film the RMWA luncheon. And um, later this afternoon, we're going to get some networking in and uh, attend Blair's <laughs> Toilet Bowl trivia. So all we're right. really excited all for right. that. <laughs> Got the answer I was looking yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, doing the video. I think I know you've done videos in the past, or at least I've seen one of the ones you created in the past and it was spectacular i'm Thank sure you. this will uh, come out uh, the same so thanks it's great to have uh, you know we get a lot of engineers scientists you know like myself in this field it's good to have some creative you know uh, artistic people in the mix to uh to get a little different perspective so thanks for being here thanks for uh, taking some time for this interview thanks, thanks for having us Blair. all right <laughs> that's a different <laughs> like i gotta go stream some water yeah, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> a whole different meaning. Exactly. It's not what I was thinking I'm gonna when to, I named it. I'm going to have to start thinking. <laughs> I'll use it that way. <laughs> good to have your name associated with that yeah, forevermore. Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, that will be good. That'll be legacy. <laughs> that's going to be your legacy. Yeah. I mean, are you proud? That's good. Yeah, never been so proud in my life. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, I am here with Sarah Reeves. Uh, Sarah 
is going to talk to us about some accomplishments she has had lately. She's at the Combat Rocky Mountain Water Conference. And uh, so welcome, Sarah. Thanks for stopping by the booth. Thanks, Blair. My gosh, talking about my accomplishments. I'm not... I didn't know this is what we were going to talk about. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. One, we were just in the uh, RMWEA business luncheon, and maybe talk about the award you were bestowed at the end of the luncheon. Can you? Yeah, can you yeah. So, uh, and on my head right now is a, um, a hard hat, um, bejeweled, bedecked with like a GI Joe guy on a toilet, and a bunch of other things. Some of them unmentionable. Um, and if you've ever seen anybody walking around the conference with one of these hard hats on, you know that um, they have just been elected to the Select Society of um, Sludge Sanitary, s- sanitary Sludge, sludge Shovelers. Yes. Select Society of Sanitary Sludge Shovelers. Yes. Hard yes. To say. So the the five S. And so I've, I'm proudly wearing my new shovel, and um, what a great honor. And and uh, apparently I'm wearing the very um, hard hat that Blair wore when he got his. That so. is that is a neck breaker too. Yeah, it's, it is. Uh, it's every one who gets it adds adds something to it, and yeah. some people don't hold back. There's a there's some weight on that thing. There it'll, is. It'll absolutely. Your neck muscles. Up. <laughs> <laughs> so I get someone, my workout for the yeah, day. Yeah. yeah well, uh, yeah, no, that's a good one. That's always a special one because it's bestowed upon you by your peers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's a secret society, kind of like the Skull and Bone Society or mm-hmm. something. You know, the, the Masons who dug those tunnels under uh, DIA, you know. <laughs> right. It's that kind of feel, so it's a good one. But you also want a much, uh, well, I don't know if it's more prestigious, but a national. Uh, tell us about your, your WEF National uh, Award you got. I don't know if it's well, award, I, it's but. about, well, it is an award, um, the WEF Fellow. Yeah. And it's one of those things that y- you are nominated for. I didn't know anything about it, I'll tell you. And I've known some WEF Fellows, and I have been part of, um, at least one nomination, but um, I would, you know, it's, um, I was very honored to get it. It is about service to WEF and, um, you know, recognition as well by, by peers, basically, mm-hmm. um, through a, um, you know, a nomination and um, through the awards committee there. And so that will happen actually in a few weeks at WEF Tech this year oh. um, in the award ceremony. Oh, good. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but definitely, I mean, um, I was just completely floored when I got it and so honored um, to be with the peers that I know. Um, I work with a lot through, um, through WEF. I've been involved for probably 24 years yeah. in WEF Tech and um, through the program committee and all of that. And um, I'm just really glad to have joined that group of folks. Yeah. Pretty cool. Well, yeah, and uh, you can't uh, over. You are you're understating it. I think a little bit. This is a huge award, a WEF Fellow. It's a national thing. They only choose a few every year, and uh, you got one, and you earned it. And we're glad to have you uh, in RMWEA representing us at the national level. So good for you. Thank you, let's, Blair. Let's talk conference now. What uh, what events have you gone to? What events are you looking forward to at the conference? What's your favorite part about this conference? You've been coming a, a lot of years here. Well, I mean, obviously, I think the favorite part is, and especially this year, now that we're back in person, is just being and seeing people. I remember the first conference, RMWA conference that I went to, um, you know, you just uh, didn't know anybody, and you're sort of young and out of your element, and, you know, and now it's like old home day, you can't, at WEFTEC, I feel like can't, I can't walk 10 steps, but at RMWA, I can't walk two steps without seeing somebody I know, right? Yeah. And catching up. So that's been really, really good um, just to see people. And 
I don't know. I just feel like um, kind of coming back that I just feel a stronger water industry, like a stronger connection to people um, that I don't even know in a way. I just, I don't know what it is. I feel like, um, uh, you know, we're sort of through, I, I mean, I wasn't working the front lines, but so many people did, and I'm sort of proud of that. And so I just feel like a stronger connection to folks here. That's been kind of cool. But have been to some... Um, some sessions here, you know, and that's been fun to watch folks yeah. uh, talking about local stuff and national things that are happening, um, you know, innovation and, and that sort of thing is pretty cool. And then that RMWA luncheon, I mean, yeah, can't say no to food at a yeah. conference. You can't, that's yeah. some good chocolate cake. I didn't eat mine. I know. It was like chocolate cake sitting in a puddle of caramel sauce. I know, exactly. Blair, you're, you're very good because I ate half of mine. <laughs> you're <Yeah>. very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can tell I'm a, I'm a dad too because the whole time I was like, I wonder if they'll box that up and I take that to one of my kids. I know. Yeah. Well, and I got to say, yeah, I hate, I hate food waste, <laughs> but yeah, can't eat your whole chocolate cake. It's I pretty know. big. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, uh, if listeners remember, Sarah was on an episode previously uh, dealing with PFAS. I know there's some PFAS topics. Uh, that's a hot topic mm, at this yeah. conference. Uh, what else is? What else are the big topics? You're in a, a major engineering firm, Brown and Caldwell. What are the uh, topics on your radar that we're talking about at this conference, or, or engineers and firms are talking about in plants? Mm, right. Yeah. Well, certainly, um, you know, nutrients continue to be an issue. Like that's sort of an underlying, right? Yeah. And and then this state, we're um, looking at. Well, we have uh, we had a. Um, a hearing coming up that was delayed actually to look more closely at the data that we're that we've got and to make sure we've got it right um, as we implement um, you know standards and so for a chlorophyll and for lakes and reservoirs right so mm -hmm. that's coming up and, and definitely we're focused on that PFAS is hot and heavy here yeah and um, you know I was we were Howard Carter is here from um, for, he's our WEF representative yeah. here this week and you know he's from from Maine and it was funny I leaned over to you Blair today at lunch and said who knew like most of our regulatory drivers seem to come from California right where everybody gets sued and they always seem to be the leaders but here it's Maine and those poor folks had no idea it was coming right yeah and so um, but here in Colorado certainly we're looking at biosolids um, right now and and what PFAS you know looking at what the state's going to do as far as managing uh, PFAS and biosolids but that's going to be that's going to be on our list we thought nutrients was going to be a long haul PFAS will certainly be a long haul there I mean we're certainly still looking at lead and copper and that's on the water side yeah but um, you know some of the things that we're looking for um, you know go more towards like the I would say almost the positive side when we're looking at energy like um, you know RNG or um, just looking at um, you know how we control our methane um, emissions yeah. and things like that uh, there's a lot of I get to work with some really smart people on the job that I do um, I work with a lot of our innovators at, at, at my company at Brown and Caldwell and um, you know that we're just really looking at the positive sides a lot with biosolids there's a ton I feel like there's you know there's been this um, new life in biosolids I feel like wastewater saw its resurgence maybe 10 years ago and it got really interesting um, I think bios I mean, you know, certainly um, biosolids come from wastewater, but I feel like there's sort of a resurgence or a real um, rising to the top of biosolids and the focus there and the innovation that's happening. So I feel like that's a real focus. And, and when it comes to like climate change and, you know, resilience and that sort of thing, it's a real focus of where we can see some positive, um, positive results. Yeah. 
yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. It's crazy how things change and, and keep more stuff keeps coming up and it just keeps rolling along. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it is interesting. Well, I talked to somebody the other day who was saying how, you know, so we talk about young professionals mm-hmm. and they're super important. And I have children. I have a 19 year old and a 17 year old. And I'm like, you know, uh, they are they have a lot of things to be kind of worried about in their minds, right? And they just are looking at things and like, man, this is doom and gloom. I mean, look at, look at the environment, look at our water situation, you know, and, and I was, so I was talking to a parent who has a, has a kiddo that's gone to school for environmental, um, environmental science, and she's just like, oh, she's just so depressed because of all these terrible things. And I said, but, you know, but what's really cool is there's just so much opportunity at the same time, yeah. you know, for, through innovation. I mean, there's so many things um, that we can make a difference then because this is, this is what we got, yeah. you know, and so here we are and what do we do with it? And I feel like the, it's in our industry that we're going to find the answers, you know, so um, there's, there are the things and our work will never end, but, um, you know, we have really opportunities to make big positive changes. I like, uh, I like how you frame that. Sometimes you can't get in this thing of the you know, the sky can't always be falling. Right, exactly. Has, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> right. like, Who's like going to prop it up? It, yeah, right? right, yeah. Well, good. Well, thanks for stopping by. Congratulations on your induction into the Select Society and also your WEF Fellow Award. You are very deserving and a great uh, representative of our industry. So, thanks for being here, and I look forward to seeing you throughout the conference. That sounds awesome. Thanks, Blair. Thanks All for right. having me. You bet. See ya. Bye bye. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's all right. <laughs> okay, let me start. All right, we are back uh, at the Streaming Water Podcast from the WEF uh, Water, uh, Rocky Mountain Water Environment Association Rocky Mountain Water Conference. I am here today. It is a uh, Tuesday afternoon, and uh, the conference is about half over. I'm here with Ray Torjon and Benny Simmons from PCL Construction, who have stopped by the. Uh, the booth to chat about construction in the utility industry. So thanks for being here, gentlemen. Thanks thanks for having us. It's awesome. Yeah, you liking the conference? You having a good time? Really good time, yeah. I think just a great social networking events. It's it's awesome. Good people. Yeah. Good to see a lot of familiar faces, meeting some new ones. Yeah. There's a lot lot going on here. There's the demonstrations, there's technical sessions, there's vendor shows, there's meeting people you, you see, so... Yeah. Well, I got a couple questions uh, since you're on the construction side for you. Uh, what can you tell me? How how's business? Is business booming? Is business down? How's the outlook for construction? I'll let you go first, man. You're uh, you're on the field, man. You're running, managing these guys. Yeah. Maybe maybe we start there. How about you introduce yourselves? And t- uh, I've introduced you, but tell the uh, listeners a little bit about what you do. Nice. Well, thank you again. My name is Benny Simmons. Um, been with PCL 17 years, and um, on the field side. Helping manage that that portion of the of the business. Um, business is booming. It's uh, across the board. I think everybody's seeing um, record volume, and um, we're excited to see that. Um, but it does come with its challenges. Yeah. You know, um, everybody's seeing it. Not just us, but um, even the the municipalities are seeing it. Uh, different versions of the strain of you know everything being popular right now. Yeah. All that uh, all that infrastructure money. Yeah. It's a change of things, huh? Yeah, I think everybody's kind of chomping at the bit to get some of that, and I think we're starting to see it. I think everybody kind of had the pause button during COVID, and they saw price escalation, so I believe a lot of municipalities were kind of holding tight and seeing where that was going to go. And now with uh, the infrastructure bill coming through, and 
I think everybody's seen it's not changing, right? And you know, and all the demand and population growth, it's and we had to, we had to hit the go button. And, yeah. You know, back to Benny's point about business movement, it's everyone's hitting the go button at the same time, right? So it's mm-hmm. a lot of work coming out. I think some of the challenges that we're seeing is obviously the workforce out there, the labor workforce. I think it's across board. Yeah. Engineers, contractors, even cities, I think, are struggling to get. Yeah, you know, we are seeing that too. So, yeah, it's it's a good, good time to be alive. I will say that though. Yeah, it's a blessing. You got to see these things as blessings. For yep, those find the silver lining. Yep. But I don't think Ray introduced. Yeah. What do you oh, do? What do you do on a daily basis? Take a step basis. back, man. Uh, project manager for PCL. So been with PCL for nine years. I've been fortunate enough to travel quite a bit with them. So I started off in California, Arizona, Florida, and now here in Colorado, making it my my last stop, hopefully, and to make it home. So cool. Really like that here. Yeah. Right on. Well, uh, Benny kind of brought up some of the challenges or mentioned challenges. Maybe uh, what are some of the challenges? You mentioned the workforce. Is there is there other things you guys are dealing with uh, right now that's challenging in the construction industry? Yeah, obviously. So I think the, the big uh, the big gorilla right now is the escalation, right? I think hopefully we're starting to get past that. We're starting to see that plateau with some of our price models. But the big thing we're starting to see is obviously lead times. And that's the tough thing, right? You know, owners want their Eatons, they want their specific gear, they want specific pumps, but those are all starting to stretch out with extensive lead times and, you know, time time is money, right? And, yeah. and it's a hard conversation sometimes to have to let the owner know it's, hey man, this is an additional six months, eight months added to the schedule and that converts into dollars, right? And it just, yeah. uh, the budget kind of starts going a little sideways. So it's being creative. Um, I think Benny had talked about this previously with regards to having an open mind, you know, alternatives that are going to kind of suck that right back in. Yeah. Those are some of the major challenges that I think that we're seeing right now um, in this market. How uh, flexible have you found owners to be? Do they, do they sway uh, because of these challenges or are they set on their, their certain, you know, certain brand, certain model that they want? You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I think it was a, it was a hard struggle at first. I think a lot of people were kind of opposed to it because, you know, just like, you know, the, the common mindset, it's going to get back to normal, right? And unfortunately, it hasn't. So those that were kind of a struggle, I think, are starting to open up and say, hey, we got to get this project done. So yeah. we have to be open with that. And cool. And we've also noticed that they um, are taking on that new challenge of uh, installing new stuff. Um, you know, their, their team's been familiar with certain applications. And um, like Ray said, the, the time frame to either get it installed or get it on site versus, hey, let's get it going and we'll figure it out. Um, but some of those other options haven't been available. Yeah. Um, that they're used to. Yeah. So yeah, it, it has been kind of nice to see everybody kind of shift and, you know, kind of change a little bit. Yeah, getting some good. exposure to some yep. new uh, new brands, new yep. technologies. Yeah, That's even cool. engineers, I think they've been a big uh, supporter of that as well too. Uh, back then, right, before, you know, these struggles, I think engineers were very hardcore of, hey, we got to make sure we get what's in the specs. Mm-hmm. And I think they're opening up and they're being mindful of that stuff. and cost implications so they're, they've been really big a big help for us yeah. we, we only do alternative delivery with CMR progressive design build and that's all we do here in Colorado so working very closely with engineers it definitely helps out yeah I bet well alright well it's been uh, a good chat maybe the follow up or final question is uh, what do you enjoy most about about your gigs in construction and specifically building things for municipalities and treatment plants and, and what you do not many people get to see what we do. Um, you know, just usually the plant staff, engineering firms that are involved in what we do, but um, yeah, I kind of like the, uh, I don't know, the large equipment, the, the kind of, you know, playing in the dirt. You just, bigger tool, or bigger toolbox, bigger sandbox. Yeah. Um, 
and the type of people. You get a little bit of uh, the variety. I really enjoy that on, you get folks that are really passionate about what they do. And again, when there's not a big audience for it, you know, it really starts to show. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of one of my favorite parts. Utility folks are good people. Yep. I learned that in, the, in my career. Like, yep. some of the best, yeah. How about, how about you, Ray? I'm going to stick with the people aspect of it, man. I think, uh, like you said, it's a niche community. Um, so you kind of know everybody for the most part once you start getting some exposure out there. So it's building those relationships. It's that actually knowing what we're doing out there. And I think the end result, right? I think knowing that, hey, we're making a difference. Yeah. Uh, I turn my water on every day, right? I take a, my kid takes a shower every day. So it's like those kind of things that we're going to have the reliable source at the end of the day is it's kind of what, what drives me Good. on that end. So just again, back to Manny's point, I'm passionate about it and uh, to experience some, uh, some relationships with other people that are passionate about it as well too is kind of cool. Good. All right. Well, I'll let you uh, gentlemen get back to the conference. Thanks for stopping by, Benny and uh, Ray, and we'll see you around maybe at the uh, big party tonight. Yeah. Appreciate right. you having us. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks again. Yeah, no, it's cool. All right. Welcome, everyone, back to the Streaming Water Podcast uh, being done live at the conference, the Rocky Mountain Water Environment Association, uh, RMSAWWA Joint Conference. I am here with the conference coordinator, the uh, the one who put this all together, Elizabeth Carter. Thanks for being here, Elizabeth. Oh, thanks for having me. This has been a great conference. I uh, appreciate all the work you put into this. Uh, talked to a lot of people over the course of the last three days, and everyone seems to be having a great time, so thanks. You are so welcome, and I am feeling the same vibe and hearing the same words and seeing all the smiles on faces and all the networking and interaction, and it just... Uh, lights a spark in my soul yeah us back together like this i knew people were gonna be excited because i was excited after you know we haven't had it for two years because of covid it's been virtual but it's just not the same it's not the same shake hands with people and see old friends eye to eye and see old friends yeah so how did you uh how did you get to did you volunteer for this did you get volunteered how'd you uh, come about being the conference chair for this whole event this is a big deal well it did start with a whole volunteer effort but there's a, a backstory to a friend of will's and mine and his name is zach collins um he passed away in 2016. i remember zach after an unfortunate climbing accident and he was here in keystone in 2016 and um, he hung out with uh, Will, and he hung out with me, and at that conference, he laid a seed and said, hey, you should do a conference with Will. I, I don't know what he saw at the time, but he knew we would work well together. And so after his passing, um, we didn't uh, even consider doing a conference, um, but then, in 2018, we were going to volunteer mm-hmm. in Loveland, and the conference um, co-chairs had already been picked by the chair and president of RMWA and RMS AWWA. So we missed that chance, right? And then COVID hit, yeah. and we went virtual a couple years. Um, but for some reason, I came across a memory on Facebook with Zach, and it was my birthday oh. in 2021, and I thought, he said Will and I would work really well together. And I reached out to Will and said, hey, do you remember when Zach said we should do a conference together? 
let's do a conference together. The first one back in Keystone. Let's let's do it. Nice. And um, he said, yeah, let's do it. And we approached the chair and the president, and they said, absolutely, go run with it. And so we had our first meeting um, September 29th of 21 to start planning this. Cool. Yeah. Well, it worked out. About how many uh, how many attendees does this conference get? I can't. It's hard to judge. There's a ton of people here, but so the last time we were in Keystone, after at the end of the conference, we had 824 attendees in 2019. This year, as of this morning, it's over 1,100. Wow. Very good. big turnout. It's yeah. amazing. I think, like you said, everybody was ready to be back in person yeah. and see each other. Yeah, it was a it was a good party last night. At the, uh, I can't. What is that <laughs> the called? Ranch. The ranch. Yeah, yeah a little karaoke, a little live band competition. Karaoke. Yeah, yeah. That good was food. a popular event. I also attended the uh, Young Professionals Happy Hour. That was popular too. It was so popular they were there. late getting there yeah. because they were having so much fun hanging out together. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I left early. Those kids are too uh, <laughs> too energetic for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of energy going yeah. on there. <laughs> What uh, what other events have been popular this year? Um, the competitions uh, have been fun. I know people are just getting familiar with meter madness and hydrant hysteria, um, and it's fun. The uh, operations challenge is going out there right now. I saw that. Yeah, people cutting pipes and yeah. saws and uh, all kinds of stuff. And then the technical sessions—they've been packed. So um, in previous years, we've you know maybe had room for seventy people. We anticipated a larger crowd, but each room is um, Monday and Tuesday. We had about 90 to 100 people in a room. Wow. Yeah, yeah so lots of great technical sessions, um, and the business lunches went well and well attended. Yeah. Um, over That was record attendance with 145 and 175 wow. seats at the table. So mm. everyone's here and enjoying themselves, and it has been an exceptionally fun conference to work with Will on and that's the one thing Zach was right Will and I work together so easily really Um, when I'm busy he's free when he's busy I'm free we don't even discuss who's dividing and conquering it just happens wow like we've been working together for years that's good that's he was right (laughs) that's gotta be helpful in organizing something of this scale with uh, all the complexities to have a partner that uh that you work well with, I can see that. It makes nice. all the difference. It yeah. made it fun. Yeah. And then the committee of over 40 that did the fun run and the golf tournament and the sponsorships and all the things um, and all the people that came together that made this happen. Yeah. Everybody had a passion for it. And yeah. you, it shows. It just shows. Yeah, it does. Well, thanks for putting it on. I'm glad it's live again. Like I said, it was. Uh, I've been uh, looking forward to this for months now. I knew we'd be back in person, uh, get to see everyone, check out all the sessions. So thanks for putting this on. It's been a great event this year. It's been an honor. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Take Elizabeth. care, Blair. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. I Is can it, repeat. Do you... Uh, I'm sorry. I did this once before. Man, we waste all that good stuff. <laughs> oh, cool stuff. <laughs> all right. Do you mind restarting? Oh, no, not at all. Not at sorry. All. All right, welcome everyone. We are uh, here in the podcast studio with Hannah Fodor, the incoming RMWEA president for uh, the next year. So we are glad you stopped by uh, and and can talk about all the upcoming uh, all the upcoming 
what's the word I'm looking for? Your presidency. Oh, what's it going to hold? Yeah, initiatives. Yeah, what are you? What are you going to concentrate on now in the next year? So, you know, ultimately, Jamie Sofoko, our now she's our immediate past president, set a really good um, precedent. I guess it's it's going to be really hard to follow her her footsteps um, with her years president. Um, but she set some a really good foundation that that I just I would feel like I'd be successful if I could just continue it. Um, and that's, you know, enabling or empowering rather our, our committee chairs, yeah. um, helping them with planning their year, uh, understanding the challenges that they have um, in order to accomplish the things that they want to do and, and helping make it easier for them to, to tackle their goals and their initiatives, yeah. um, making sure that the board is available to support them. And so, uh, being able to continue that that framework that she set. Um, additionally, both uh, the Water Environment Federation and American Water Works Association are are pursuing these diversity, equity, and inclusion um, initiatives. DEI, mm -hmm. we hear that a lot. And so, working with RMS AWWA um, to figuring out what we can do to make both of our organizations um, more inclusive. Um, whether it's through our, our different events or, or outreach. Yeah, good, good. It sounds like uh, you got a lot in store for the next year, so that's good. I know uh, Jamie has done a great job this past year, so I'm glad that uh, I'm glad to see you're coming in and we'll continue that. That's good. Mm -hmm. I noticed uh, you have a ton of ribbons signifying that you are heavily involved in the conference. Uh, I, I know that, but maybe you can let the listeners in on uh, what all the the ribbons are for and your involvement in this conference and, and RMWEA in general. Sure. You know, unfortunately, the ribbons don't indicate that I'm an award winner for anything. Otherwise, I would be probably coming home with a gold medal oh. <laughs> based on how many ribbons I yeah, have here. Yeah. Um, but the, the first one is uh, annual conference committee, and it indicates that I'm involved with the committee that planned this conference, mm -hmm. um, something we started earlier this year, all the way back February or March. And I help pull together the public, the paper publications, um, to help uh, tell people what the conference is about, mm -hmm. and about the different events that that are being that are going on, as yeah. well as the, the conference program. Um, the next one is my previous position with RMWEA as vice president, because when I started the when I checked in at registration, that's what I was. Yeah, you started as one, and you left <laughs> yep. as president. You took over in the course of uh, two days. <laughs> Well, and so um, it's kind of neat because each of our board members and past board members uh, get to have a special flag. Then my next one says session moderator. Uh, so I offered to, to moderate a session. And then my last one is presenter. And I was actually the presenter in the session that I moderated. Wow, you moderated your own so session. Huh? I was very efficient. Nice. Um, on top, yeah, and actually that's... Probably the first thing I did as RMWA president was moderate my own session. Nice. What was your uh, session on? What did you talk about? So our my, my session was construction uh, case studies. Oh, okay. And so we the we had four presentations and they were about the design build delivery method, um, some of the lessons learned from it. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, how long have you been in the RMWEA? Quite a while, right? I mean, yeah. you have to to go through the whole officer track, I know. Right, yeah. I started to get involved in 2000, 
16, yeah, maybe 15, um, so a while, and, and I had moved here from, from Las Vegas, uh-huh. and so I was pretty active in the Nevada Water oh. Environment Association. Cool. What's your, uh, what's your favorite part about the organization, being in the organization? You know, I, I think my favorite part is, is seeing the new faces. As much as I love all the old faces, um, but, but seeing the new faces come in, yeah. that's, that's a lot of fun, I think, and, and knowing that we're going to have fresh new perspectives. Um, and continue for many years is pretty thrilling. Yeah, I was at the YP uh, happy hour last night and was just amazed at like, I'm like, who are all these little kids here? <laughs> yeah. You know, they're yeah. all excited and uh, right. yeah, so it's good to see the new new blood in the uh, water and wastewater organization. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite mm-hmm. uh, event at this conference? What, what did you like the best from this one? You know, watching people dance to the karaoke last night. Yeah. That was that was a lot of fun. The live band just, karaoke was oh, off the yeah. hook. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, and just seeing people that, you know, we bump into in meetings where we're so professional and um, watching everyone let loose and, and just have, have a good time laughing together. Yeah. That's definitely definitely favorite part. Yeah, I dig the, uh, you don't find that live band karaoke very often, but oh, that's no, good no. to have a backup band right behind you with live music. Oh yeah, yeah. and the backup singers. So. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely help some of us other singers. You bet. <laughs> that aren't singers. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for stopping by today and thanks for uh, being the president of the organization. Uh, good luck in your, uh, your, during your tenure. I'm sure you'll do great things as you have been doing. Uh, So we appreciate everything you do for the organization. Thanks for having me, Blair. This was fun. All right. We'll see you later. (laughs) Bye. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We have another guest in the booth at the uh, Streaming Water Podcast from the Rocky Mountain Water Conference in Keystone. I am joined now by Julie Smith, the past uh, president of the RMWEA and a longtime volunteer and member of uh, the organization. Thanks for being here, Julie. Yep, thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, what are your uh, favorite parts of the conference? What have you been uh, doing for the last few days? Well, um, pretty much everything, and it's been hard to do. But boy, we were talking about seeing people I haven't seen in three years since the last conference, and going to papers, going to sessions rather that are in person and having the Q&A sessions and going through the happy hours and the, the absolute awesome toilet bowl was just an absolute blast. <laughs> and I think next time I'll actually do that. The, yeah, get uh, you a team for that. The networking events, it's, it's just been an absolute blast. Good. It has just wonderful to get back with everybody. Yeah, well, I feel the same way. This COVID thing, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad it's in the rearview mirror a little bit, and we are back together. I know when you were president, uh, sustainability was a was one of your kind of key issues. Can you talk about uh, sustainability and your thoughts about how we could uh, improve our our sustainability as an organization, as a and a society as well? Well, um, pre-COVID, yes, I did start that, and then the COVID came in during my presidency and the in-persons came to a screeching halt, so we stopped talking about sustainability, but now, um, now that we're back in person again, that's that's rising back to the forefront. Um, We have a TerraCycle box to recycle one-offs. Um, meaning things that cannot go in the single stream, so things like chip bags, snap bags, um, 
coffee um, inserts when we buy coffee for mm -hmm. our meetings and things like that. So I think that we'll, I uh, just chatted with Hannah about that, who's our current president, and we will start getting back on track with that. Um, we, WEF is uh, Water Environment Federation, is now starting to um, focus on sustainability of conferences. I have been in contact with Stephanie Jones, who is leading that effort at the uh, national level, and at WEF Tech. They had an entire article in the uh, um, Water, uh, the WE&T magazine, the, um, the um, national magazine, about the, uh, the WEF Tech sustainability initiatives. And not only are they looking at the venue and the lead construction of the venue, the energy savings and water, um, but also very much the recycling, the uh, composting, the handling of the food service, um, avoiding um, um, difficult to recycle plastics, um, sticking with compostables and just yeah. having one compost stream. And actually, the venue in New Orleans is also going to be um, donating the um, donating leftover food that can be donated, that's suitable for donation to uh, to local food stressed areas. Um, and so they're, they're, they're working on a lot of things to make it a zero waste event. And they're even doing, and I'm really excited about this, they're even going to do a, um, a travel carbon offset um, to where, um, to where um, registrants can, um, can sign up for that. And then they pay extra for their travel so that they can offset the carbon. Oh. And then WEF is matching it up to $10,000. Oh, cool. So that's, that's, that's really cool yeah. because that's another big thing with our on-sites compared to when we were doing things off on Zoom during COVID that um, that now adds to our carbon footprint, yeah. just simply getting to the conference. Yeah. So uh, really exciting stuff. And yeah. I'm working with Hannah, we're doing a WEF Max in, well, first of all, this venue, we can hold this um, RMWA up. I've been observing how they've been doing things and holding this up as an excellent example of how things can and should be done. There Good. are no little single-use plastic packets for things like dressings and things. They're all in bowls. All the service has been with metal utensils and with um, cloth napkins and on plates and, and no disposable cups or anything like that. So this particular conference can be held up as an excellent example of what can be done. Cool. Yeah, I thought about it at the uh, luncheon the other day because I had all these pieces of chocolate cake at the table, but if people didn't sit there or didn't want their cake, they just took them, and I thought, man, that's they probably just throw that right in the trash you and know it's it. wasted, you know? You know it, and I have no idea if they're composting it, but WEF gave us, Stephanie gave me a list of... Uh, standards that we're going to start um, um, implementing that when you're actually negotiating the contract mm -hmm. for the venue, that's the time to ask them what they're, what they're doing with those kinds of things. Yeah. And so when I attend this conference and do it through an eye for sustainability, it reminds me of those kinds of things yeah. that we need to check on that are kind of behind the scenes, yeah. what's going on back there. Well, good. I'm yep. glad you are... Uh... I'm glad you're keeping an eye on it and, and making a difference with it. That's that's good. And get a lot of people here having a good time, but it's uh, 
good that we're uh, protecting the environment, which is all of our jobs, you know, during the day anyway. So yeah, I'm glad you're watching out for it. Well, and it's the water, you know, it's, it's uh, we're water people. We are environmental, water environment federation. So it's yeah. important, but, um, um, and our job is to clean the water, but now we're talking about taking it a step further and looking at our own behavior. Plastic is almost 2%, single-use plastic is almost 2% of our carbon footprint if it's made from fossil fuels. Yeah. Uh, food is about a quarter of our national carbon footprint. Half of it gets wasted. Um, and then um, travel is another quarter. Wow. So these are things that we can do as environmental people outside of and in addition to our responsibility for keeping our water clean. Cool. Well, good. Thanks for uh, thanks for stopping by. It was good to see you at the conference and uh, good to chat with you here. So I appreciate you taking the time to stop by the booth, Julie. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. Uh, we have another guest in the uh, podcast studio today, live from the Keystone Conference Center at the Rocky Mountain uh, Water Conference. I'm here with EJ Katsoulis. Uh, and uh, thanks for being here, EJ. Thank you. Are you enjoying the conference? It's wrapping up. Everyone's tired. I can see the look on people's faces. They want to get back down the mountain, back to uh, back to their homes. Is that was that what you're feeling? It's accurate. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's definitely a day three, but yeah, for good reason. It was it's been a fun time. Did you uh, hit the big uh, party last night? The the karaoke and uh, the big event. I did. Yeah, I did. I was one of the YPs that they were roping into. Getting everything off the ground. And oh, so you did you sing then? I did sing. What'd you I sing? What was sing. your song? Brown Eyed Girl. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, I, I did one. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> that's how. Uh, that's how crazy it got. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, uh, yeah, the social uh, events have been great. The technical sessions have also been outstanding. The ones I've gone to, and in particular, I was involved in one that you were uh, presented at on communication. And that was, uh, you did a great job. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that was about and your message uh, as far as communication? Sure, as did you, it was a great panel. Um, so we were, it was a panel discussion that was moderated by some YPs. Um, Jamie Sfolko, my, you know, my listeners might have heard of her as the yeah. going out RMWA president. Um, so we were talking on basically the different facets of communication and my assigned topic was um, focusing on YPs and how we effectively communicate. So I was trying to distill some of what um, we've had some speakers talk about at WefTech and some workshops that I run into a little kind of starter kit for the YPs and how they can be self-aware when they're giving presentations and not overwhelmed. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was an all around great panel. I thought the whole mood was light and lively, and um, you know Sarah Reeves was throwing BS flags all over yeah, the place. And yeah, Andre was talking about baking cakes, and then yeah. you and I were joking around. So yeah, it was a good uh, good deal. I've heard a lot of good feedback uh, on that. Yeah, I uh, I heard good feedback on on your part. Uh, EJ had like six or seven different. Uh, shirts on that he would peel off for one reason or another to show a different uh, different way to show up uh, either with a construction vest or a suit coat or a, a logoed uh, company shirt yeah it was, it was entertaining so I've, I've heard good feedback but yeah have you uh, 
what do you think is the what have you learned in your journey from uh, I, you're still a YP but from where you started to now as far as giving presentations what, what have you learned along the way that's a good question yeah, I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> it's that you can't take yourself too seriously when you're out there yeah um, there are certain situations and I think you might have even talked about this when you were presenting where you know if somebody's died or if it's if it's real serious you're not going to be joking in a situation like that but um, if you're not a little bit self-deprecating when you're out there, then people aren't really going to, they're going to see you as kind of the steel faced person. They're not really going to connect with what you're talking about. Yeah. So you, you got to know your audience and you got to know your subject matter, but you also got to know how to kind of bring it down to their level and make it easily accessible. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about that in the session where it's like we deal with science, math, engineering, chemistry, these, these complex you know, projects and topics, so you can't do that eight hours a day, you know, every That's day right. and still, you know, without having a little fun doing it, so, yeah, well, good, what is your, uh, what's been your favorite event here at this conference? Oh, a single one, huh? Yeah, if you had to pick. <sighs> the ranch one last night was good with yeah. karaoke, and yeah, it was just, it was great to see everybody in one place like that, right, and yeah, um, it was interesting, I, I met someone this morning, she was from New Mexico, and she gave me a business card. And I gave one back as, as you do, right? And I realized that was the first person I'd given a card to at this conference, which is wow, pretty you know atypical. Mm -hmm. Usually at conferences, I'm trying to give them out left and right, but here it was kind of this is the first time we've all been back in person, so yeah. it's kind of just like seeing old family again. And, yeah. And yeah, that ranch event last night, everybody was just there having a good time. Yeah. Well, yeah. good. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for stopping by. Uh, great presentation yesterday and. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming to chat with us today, EJ. Absolutely. Glad to be here. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, I guess that's a wrap this year from the Rocky Mountain Water Conference in Keystone, Colorado. Next year's conference will be in Loveland, and uh, maybe we'll do this again next year. I want to thank everyone who stopped by the booth, and thanks to uh, you, the listener, for listening. Uh, if you want to get more involved in the Rocky Mountain uh, Water Environment Association or Rocky Mountain section of the American Water Works Association, uh, look that up online and uh, get yourself a membership. It's a good group of folks, as you've, as you've probably uh, gathered from the interviews today. Uh, but thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Streaming Water Podcast. <laughs>